Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Jessica Klein, a freelance journalist who's written for CNN, The Outline, Salon, Motherboard, Playboy, and many other publications. She's actually also a part-time art conservator, and she wrote a really fascinating piece in The Outline a few weeks ago on the art world, cryptocurrency, and blockchain. You can read it online in the outline, or you can actually read it on Jessica's website as well, jlkline.com. And Jessica's here today to join us to talk about these really interesting topics. Jessica, thanks so much for speaking with us. Oh yeah, happy to do it. It's a really interesting time in the art world as we have cryptocurrency and blockchain technology entering the art space in different ways and to varying degrees. First, we've seen certain artists who are using blockchain and cryptocurrency actually as a medium in their actual art. Uh, You spoke to some of these artists in your article in the outline. Who are a few of these noteworthy artists we should have our eyes on? How are they using this medium in their art? And what's their motivation for it? Um, Yeah, well, I think one of the most notable here is Kevin Abosh for the way that he um, is using blockchain technology as a medium more than really anyone else that I've seen. Um, there are a few from further back too that I can get to, but um, so um, Abosh's main sort of big blockchain project is called I am a coin. And um, in it, basically he, um, he created 10 million. I am a coin. So it's basically I am a coins is their sort of shorthand. Um, and what they are is their tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. And um, he actually then went on to use his own blood to stamp out their contract addresses. Um, you can find a lot of pictures online of him getting his blood drawn for this. Um, but anyways, um, one of his pieces from this is called Stealing the Contents of This Wallet is a Crime. And that um, refers to the wallet address and the key where he stored, I think it was a hundred IAMA coins. Um, and he made those public so that, you know, anyone could basically have access to them or steal them. And so they did, <laughs> hence that, that project. Um, other people, so yeah, so for um, Abosh, basically, the, from what he's told me, his interest in blockchain technology is purely as a medium or a tool, as he put it, I think, for creating art. So he's not as interested in its use in the art market, even though he gets a lot of questions from people about like, oh, how is blockchain technology going to change the art market? Because he's very knowledgeable about it. Um, But really for him, he just he seems to care about it only as a way to make art. Um, Whereas other artists I talked to for the piece you mentioned, um, one of them is Crypto Graffiti. He prefers not to go by his actual name. um, And he started off or he, you know, he is a street artist. Um, but you know, he sold some work in auctions previously, things like that. But, um, his work with blockchain technology is more to sort of promote the idea of it. Like he very much believes in the idea of spreading the message and philosophy of blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. Um, yeah, so I think for crypto graffiti, it seemed that a lot of his interest was in artists actually being able to make money from their art um, so they can register it um, using blockchain technology to certify that it's authentically theirs. Um, so there's kind of proof of, I guess you could say, authorship there. Um, and then have people sort of pay just um, or sort of donate little bits um, of small amounts of money to him in cryptocurrency 
um, not just him, you know, the ideas for other artists, but um, yeah. So he likes the idea of people being able to make, I guess, so-called micro payments for artwork that they see and appreciate. So some of his street work, um, his uh, street art would include QR codes so that people can sort of use those to digitally pay money. Um, I'm not sure if he does, he accepts payment through cryptocurrency and through, you know, us dollars or whatever other fiat currencies. Um, but I think just sort of democratizing the buying and selling of art is what he's mostly interested in. And as for medium, he doesn't use blockchain technology so much that I've seen. Um, more so, um, he uses uh, old credit cards and things like Federal Reserve bags, um, where um, the art that he uses, sorry, the art that he makes with it um, has sent, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency themes. So it's more like he's using um, these sort of banking symbols and um, materials to promote cryptocurrencies. And then there's one other example um, that was from further back that I mentioned in this piece that was, um, I feel like I'm probably going to butcher this woman's name, but Sarah Mayohas um, in 2015 created a work that she called Bitchcoin. And it was sort of a two-tiered work where part of it was a blockchain-based coin um, called that she called Bitchcoin that she created. Um, and then the other part was a series of photographs that she'd taken um, that she called speculation. And basically those photographs um, backed her coins. So um, people who bought her bitch coins could ultimately trade in their coins for pieces of her physical artwork. Um, so that was, I thought that was kind of a cool early use of blockchain technology to sort of speak to what ownership is and, you know, what it means to own somebody's art. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear about some of these notable artists and how they're using cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, either directly in their art as a medium or as a way of payment. And something else I wanted to touch on with you was earlier this year, Codex, an art and blockchain startup, hosted a charity auction exclusively featuring art centering on cryptocurrency and blockchain. How much crossover are we seeing between buyers of this kind of art and collectors of established, more traditional contemporary art? And is there an expectation within this niche community that this kind of art will eventually become more mainstream? Um, well, at this particular auction, it seemed like there was very little crossover. Um, so the auctioneer who volunteered with Codex to, um, you know, the auctioneer is the person who sort of, you know, yells out what the lot is going for and, you know, sort of keeps on, you know, verbally keeps track of the bidding. Um, she, um, her name is Caroline Irvin, and she works at Christie's usually as a jewelry specialist and um, or an associate. And um, she's ha held auctioneer licenses in both Texas and New York. So she comes from a very like sort of traditional art world and, um, or the traditional art world, I guess. And I was talking to her about the auction and she was saying that to her, it felt, um, very different from most typical art world auctions. Um, not just in the fact that it was a charity auction because charity auctions are always different for having sort of fostering more of like a, 
fun. You can kind of like go the bitters a little bit to bid more because it's for charity. So she was, you know, she's definitely doing some of that. So what Irvin said um, was kind of different was in charity auctions, often you're selling um, sort of more less art and more sort of activities or something like a sweet to, um, you know, a baseball game or tickets to a Broadway show, that kind of thing. So she kind of described this auction as a hybrid between a, you know, typical charity, typical art auction. Um, but that because the crowd at this auction was very much sort of a crowd of blockchain technology <laughs> enthusiasts, um, they were kind of more of a community and a little bit more rowdy and that they were like egging each other on a little bit more than you normally see, even at a charity auction where people are sort of friends and trying to encourage, you know, their friends to spend money for charity. Um, I think there's one point they were like chanting the name of somebody in the auction who was bidding on a crypto kitty, which, I mean, we can get into those <laughs> later, um, but basically a digital art piece um, that someone ultimately ended up paying, I think it was $140,000 for. Um, that was the most expensive item sold through that auction. But um, yeah, so, I mean, for background, this the Codex auction, um, I forget if you mentioned that or not, but it took place at um, a summit called the Ethereal Summit, which is basically a convention for blockchain enthusiasts and um, people who had blockchain-based startups and things like that. So the crowd who then funneled into this auction, which took place at the end of one of the days of the summit, was inherently going to be kind of a, um, you know, blockchain enthusiast crowd, people who were there because they were interested more in blockchain and not necessarily because they're members of the art world. And it's not like there were art collectors who were in there because they were like, oh, this is a place where I can nab, you know, one of Abosh's pieces for cheap. It wasn't that kind of thing. Oh, and I, I don't know if I mentioned that in answer to the last question, but one of his pieces, Kevin Abosh's pieces, sold during the auction as well. And you mentioned in your article that right now there are a select number of galleries and auction houses who are actually accepting cryptocurrency as a payment form. For the time being, do you feel like this is just a marketing tactic or are there actually collectors who really want to pay for art with cryptocurrencies? As far as I know, um, more traditional art collector types, the more traditional art collector types, people who have been doing it for a while and sort of um, people who were born into this traditional art collecting world, um, uh, they aren't necessarily as interested in buying art with cryptocurrency because that's not really where they made their money from, or like, you know, maybe it's something they're experimenting with, with a little bit of their wealth. But from what I know, that doesn't really seem to be the crowd that um, galleries and, um, you know, and so on are really trying to appeal to by um, offering cryptocurrency payment options. I think really it's more, um, I think the idea is more the art market and the art world trying to begin to appeal to the so-called newly crypto wealthy people who have made a lot of money in the past few years because they put money in Bitcoin in like, you know, 2012 before it really spiked. So um, I was talking to Philip Michelson, who's the president of Live Auctioneers, which is um, a digital bidding platform. And it actually worked with Codex, uh, Codex on the live auction um, that took place during the Ethereal Summit. And um, He's basically telling me how the auction houses that he's seen um, 
get more interested in accepting um, cryptocurrency bids are the ones that are sort of, they already sort of some more modern art or things like jewelry and cars like Rolexes um, or, you know, art like Andy Warhol's, like things that are um, names that are going to be widely recognized by people who aren't necessarily art people, but people who just made a lot of money and are kind of for the first time thinking, oh, what should I do with it? I should probably buy all these nice things. You know, Rolexes are nice things. <laughs> um, so I think it's more um, certain auction houses and galleries trying to target people who now have a lot more funds because of cryptocurrency and less about them thinking like, oh, all these art collectors might want to start paying with cryptocurrency, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And so we've touched on how artists are starting to use cryptocurrency as well as blockchain technology, either as mediums in their art or as forms of payment. And we also now have touched on auction houses and galleries accepting crypto as payment. The last thing I really wanted to touch on with you uh, was regarding the somewhat crowded space in terms of different art world startups who are actually incorporating blockchain technology into their business models are most trying to solve for the same problem or do you feel like there's a lot of variance in terms of what they're trying to accomplish with this technology for the art world? Um, I've seen one common thread for sure across all of these startups. Um, and that's the idea of using blockchain technology as a way to track provenance, which has, um, you know, long been a really important issue in the art world. So um, for these startups, Blockchain technology offers basically immutable, transparent, traceable records of ownership and a piece of history and authenticity. So um, most of these startups seem to see the value of that and um, are, you know, sort of um, advertising accordingly as, you know, companies that will be able to do that, which is a helpful thing for the art world. Um, but of all those startups, which, you know, all focus on, being able to track provenance. Um, there are some that are more focused on the business of art. And then that's like Codex, uh, another one that I wrote about called Messanus, I think. Um, if I'm butchering these names, I apologize. <laughs> um, and then there are others that are more focused on the making of art. Um, uh, there's one called Dada that's kind of more focused on in addition to buying and selling art, making art through the platform and um, making it a sort of collaborative community process or, you know, conversational too. So um, basically on Dada, someone can, one artist can make um, a piece of art and then another artist can respond to that piece of art with their own piece of art directly. And um, um, so, yeah, so the focus there is sort of um, in promoting a community through making digital art, but um, it also uses blockchain technology to track um, who makes the art and as also a platform to buy and sell who owns it. As Crypto Graffiti was telling me that one of his interests in blockchain technology in the art world is its ability to sort of democratize the space in terms of both more artists being able to sell and more people being able to buy. Um, Dada seems to be interested in that too. And um, it lets people who are interested in buying works own just part of them. So, um, and that's easy to keep track of that using the blockchain technology. So, um, you know, of all these different platforms, whether they're about 
making art or just um, a way to better register art, to track it. Um, they are about both, um, yeah, being able to track ownership and authenticity and also, in a sense, being able to sort of democratize the buying and selling space. So it's not just like these blue chip collectors and well-known artists who are a part of the art market, but sort of opening up to a wider group of people. Yeah. And I think that really ties closely to my last question about this report that was recently published by Oxford professors titled the art market 2.0 blockchain and financialization and visual arts. And they said the market is filled with both hope and fear for how blockchain may be leveraged from speaking to several insiders in this space. What do you think is that hope and fear that we're seeing regarding blockchain's potential impact on the art market? Yeah, so honestly, I haven't heard many fears from people, um, from speaking to people who are involved in um, blockchain technology in the art world um, in regards to its potential impact on the art market. Because it seems like the people who who really want to talk about it, they're the ones who are enthusiastic and they have more of the hopes without the fears. <laughs> and um, those who are in the sort of more traditional art world, that's kind of that's the word I've been using because that's the best way I can sort of characterize that as separate from people who are in the, you know, merged art and blockchain space. Um, so those people, they're, they don't really seem to be fearful of the technology because they don't, it just seems like they don't think there will be much of an impact or it's not something that they're really thinking too much about, or if they are, they're not really willing to discuss it. Um, so for the story that I wrote, um, I asked both Christie's and Sotheby's, you know, these established um, art auction houses, if they wanted to comment about art and blockchain and sort of its potential to um, merge in a particular way, both of them declined. Um, and then uh, Irvin, the auctioneer, the volunteer auctioneer at the um, Codex event, um, she told me she, you know, she had to speak on her behalf as an individual and not speak for Christie's, but she said that, that she knows Christie's is studying blockchain technology, but that's all she really said about it. Um, so as for the fears, it's kind of hard to really say because no one is talking about that so much, um, or wasn't to me at any rate. Um, as for the hopes, it really, it kind of goes back to what I was saying um, in answer to your last question about um, people wanting to really democratize the space. And democratize is the word you hear thrown around with pretty much any kind of blockchain. Any kind, anytime someone talks about blockchain changing an industry, basically they're saying, oh, it's going to democratize it. Democratizing access to art, um, both creating and selling and buying, and also being able to... Um, track provenance because that'll make it easier for people to, um, you know, buy, or sorry, for people to keep track of the authenticity of works, um, which would, could be, you know, a major game changer for, in terms of, um, because there, you know, there are so many forgeries and things like that. So, um, you know, even working part-time as an art conservator, um, I'm obviously not going to mention any names or details here, but you hear about um, collectors of a lot of fine art having to, um, say, go to court um, to dispute the rights 
to ownership of a piece that they may have had in their possession for years that all of a sudden somebody sort of came out and came out of the woodwork and said, Oh, actually that's my family's piece. It was stolen from us during, you know, X time. Um, so, and, you know, without proper records, that's really hard to, or it results in a lengthy court process or it's hard to prove either way. So, um, the hope is kind of for blockchain technology, um, the implementation of registering pieces um, on a blockchain network would prevent those kinds of disputes because you would just have a very clear record. Jessica, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and speaking with us about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency and how it's infiltrating the art market and art world in a variety of ways. This is a really fascinating topic and we'll definitely be monitoring this space closely. We'd love to have you back on in the future to update us on how things are going in this area. And for our listeners, if you haven't already checked out Jessica's really in-depth article on this topic in the outline, you should do so. You can also find it on our website, jlkline.com. Jessica, thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much.